took a powder. It's a dirty shame. Yeah. She's got breeding and, and, and culture. She was a real classy broad. Well, cheer up. You still got your hair. Yeah, and you still got your career, Mr. Graham. Just remember what the immortal bard once said. All the world's at stage, and all the men and women merely players. Unquote. So remember this. The girls today in society go for classical poetry. So to win their hearts, you must quote with these Aeschylus and Euripides. But the poet of them all, who will start him simply raven, is the poet people call the Bard of Stratford-on-Avon. Brush up your Shakespeare. Start quoting him now. Brush up your Shakespeare, and the women you will wow. Just declaim a few lines from Othello, and they'll think you're a heck of a fella. If your blonde won't respond when But if I'm gonna have really sh shitty cheap beer, I'm gonna have PBR. PBRs, you know, uh, for it's really been a while since cheap I've had shitty, it. it's not bad. Uh, Again, it has its time and place. <laughs> yeah. It's better than in the really, the poor, a bunch of people in a bunch of different bands lit sharing an apartment kind of days. Yeah. We, we drank Mickey's. Uh-huh. Uh, with It was like green barrel bottles with bees on it or something like that. Yeah, I've, I've heard of it. Wildcat or Lucky Cat or some shit. <clears throat> yeah, I've heard of it again. <laughs> yeah. it, it was nicer, you know, out in California, you could get bottles of wine for a dollar <laughs> right <laughs> cheaper that well, there was one they called one buck chuck but it was, it was two it was, buck chuck it was a two buck chuck yeah okay. at least that's what i know from i mean trader joe's brand that could be that could be it's, it's their brand of wine it's now up to three bucks is it three at buck least, chuck it, that doesn't work. and now it is it now it is it used to be two buck chuck okay yeah yeah it was two buck chuck <laughs> It might have been because it's Charles something. Charles right? something. Yeah. Charles Shaw, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say Schwab, but that's the investment bank. firm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another BD clinic referral slips. <laughs> we have lost our minds in the waiting room. <laughs> <sighs> Well, Talking what can I say? I'm. What can I say? I'm a little high on cough syrup, yeah. which I apologize ahead of time. I'm trying to keep my coughing to the minimum and the tail end of a cold, but yeah. I think I'm okay. But tonight's a double dose of the quill. One with two L's, one with one. Right? How do you spell NyQuil? I can't take it because it's, it's got only. To an ingredient. Um, I don't take it necessarily either. I take yeah. the 
off brand of it, which does the same thing. But I mean, <laughs> it doesn't taste as dreadful. And for some reason, doesn't make me as like sick to my stomach, but it's only one L. Hmm. Yeah. No, <laughs> I go for the CBS brand. <laughs> uh, I usually get Robitussin or the, the, uh, yeah. Oh no, that's, I prefer Robitussin. Yeah. <laughs> Although Mucinex now has one too. So I don't know. I might have to try that when I have a worse cold than I had this time. But yeah. Sound like any... a couple of old people. <laughs> it's winter. It's winter. It's winter. We said winter sucks. <laughs> yes. We said yes. winter sucks. And here we are. <laughs> Drinking to numb the pain. Yeah, I got my uh, my fireball whiskey here. So... To go along with my tea. <laughs> and our our mailbag is beginning to overflow. I know. This is from... Did we introduce ourselves? Well, I said VD Clinic referral slips, but I, I did know not that, say, not... welcome, Vanessa, Dr. Vanessa. Welcome, Nurse uh, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And... I'm, I'm, I'm still enjoying that, but we'll, we'll see. We're trying it okay. out. Okay. Intern Darren? Well, I mean the the doctor and nurse. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, you're you're obviously higher ranked than I am. I don't know how uh, that happened. You were there first. You were yeah, there first. That is true. That is true. But you know what? You've almost been here a year. I uh, know. It's really, really soon. I know. Mm. February. Uh, fascist February. We Just won't. as relevant, <laughs> but we're doing something else. <laughs> else. Yes, exactly. Anyway, referral slip. <laughs> ah, yes. We got this. Actually, it's an email from our friend Robert Ward, and it came in right, I guess, after we had recorded the haunt. Our, no, right after the haunting episode was released, but we had already recorded our November referral slip. Yes. And we didn't do a referral slip in December. And so now <laughs> it's it's a little old. It, I mean, in a way. But in not a way. But also, I mean, we're going to get to some stuff that's way older. So I, I think this is a timeless. Hundreds email. of years, in fact. Yes. 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 So this one will be relatively themed. But... True. Since a couple of these seem to sort of ask for recommendations, I imagine we <laughs> will have recorded a whole episode's worth before we even think about recommending non-related topics. But we'll see where we'll see where we are when we're done with that. But should I sure. just get into reading the email? Go ahead. Why don't you start it off? All right. As as Vanessa has already said, this is our dear listener. Robert Ward. And he says, Dear Vanessa and Darren, thinking up questions can be hard. Your most recent episode, well, was fantastic. I can't remember. Uh, parentheses, narration. Uh, I don't remember which one was the recent one when he wrote this, but I think they've all been it, fantastic. It, I think it was Haunting of Hill House. So October. Oh, yes. I guess if I would have read ahead, this is the problem. Well, I was looking at the date on the email. <clears throat> <laughs> That's how I knew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Your most recent episode was fantastic, but doesn't leave much to comment on, as the four of you did such a wonderful job covering The Haunting of Hill House. It's probably my favorite episode yet. So in an attempt to come up with an engaging question, I have to look elsewhere. Darren has a history of mentioning William Shakespeare. Do I? And recently watched... You, 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 you have a, a few times. Okay. Yeah. I am often told I'm self-aware. I am just chopping... Oh, I should save my questions for the end. Okay, that's it. <laughs> At least the end of the paragraph. <laughs> yeah. Darren has a history of mentioning William Shakespeare and recently watched the most recent adaptation of King Lear, so I figured perhaps it was... Perhaps in the next referral slip, the two of you could delve into Old Billy... Below are a few questions to start things and or serve as a launching board. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so question number one. What is your favorite Shakespearean play and does this translate to your favorite film adaptation? For example, I love Julius Caesar, but while it has been a while, I don't remember having biggest opinion of the Marlon Brando film and have seen other films that I enjoyed much more. Akira Kurosawa's Throne of Blood is one of my favorites, although I have high options, opinions, probably, on a couple that I'll mention later, too. End so of question. Darren, yeah, end of question. Okay. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I, I guess I could go first. Sure. Why not? <laughs> um, Wait, how many pages of notes is this? Oh my goodness. Maybe okay. I should go first. Okay, can before we go any further, <laughs> I have to say this all of these questions are really difficult for me. Because I, I you know, I've You're took well, only one Shakespeare course in college, but I've seen so many adaptations both on stage and on film and TV and you know, I've, I've got my Riverside Shakespeare still sitting on my shelf, <laughs> as I'm sure you do, too. Mm -hmm. Or do you have a different edition? I, I can't remember, but I, I had... Most people I, had the Riverside Shakespeare. That was like such a such an iconic edition of Shakespeare's complete works that they teach you in school. Yeah, I, I feel, had... Go ahead. No, I feel like it. I feel like that's the version, like the textbook you see. Yeah, I've got, I've got a couple on that shelf because I somehow, you, even though you're going to come off uh, having known way more about all of this than I do, I actually had two Shakespeare classes and two Renaissance drama classes in college. Well, I had a Renaissance drama class too. That's separate. Yeah. Yeah, I had Shakespeare. I had special topics in Shakespeare, and that was focusing on more abstract discussions of this where uh like well one of us will probably bring up titus but it's where i first saw titus mm -hmm. and uh then i had one that was like plays like shakespeare plays <laughs> well and, and the and the other thing i have to interject too is that for me my i'm a double major in english and theater mm. so I also come from it a lot from a performance point of view cool. and from like a tech point of view. <laughs> uh, I've been and worked on Shakespeare's plays. So 
I have a different, I have, a, you know, a, an added relationship with it, with the whole subject matter. So that's why it was so hard for me to kind of whittle this down. I had to go to Wikipedia, <laughs> list of William Shakespeare film adaptations, just to even try to like, because I sure thought of some things in my head already, but to kind of, I guess, make me remember like, oh yeah, that's right. I, that's that bad adaptation or this one or whatever. I kind of had to go through and I even found that Wikipedia's list was incomplete because I knew of other adaptations that aren't on there, oh. including the latest King Lear incarnation. Oh, it's not on there, huh? No, it's not listed on there yet. Did so, it have Tromeo and Juliet, I'm sure? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. But anyway, so I, I just had to get that out there to begin with is that that ha that taints a lot of my <laughs> my answers that I'm going to give during this whole thing. So, yeah, the theater so background the, or the, the Wikipedia the, page. The theater background. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> anyway, so did we decide? Am I answering first, or are you answering first? I think you'll. Your list is probably bigger than mine, so I will chime in okay. when you bring up one that I like, and then if you have missed one, mm -hmm. I will bring it up. But you are much more prepared. I'm just going on college flashbacks and a little bit of contemplation. Okay. Okay. Sure. Um, so my favorite Shakespeare play, and I tend to go for his comedies more than anything else with the tragedies. I enjoy the tragedies a lot too, but I definitely go for his comedies more. My favorite, and it seems basic in a way, but is A Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, yeah. There are so many different things you can do with it. But what's interesting is it's not necessarily... You know, uh, I haven't seen a film incarnation of it, and I haven't seen all of them that are out there, of course, but it's not necessarily, of like Shakespearean films, it's not my necessarily my favorite, interestingly enough. I, I you know, I really like that, um, what is it, 19... See, uh, 1968 one that has like Diana Rigg and Helen Mirren in it. I mean, like mm. that's I mean amazing. Judy Dench is in it too. I mean, you know, you Ian Holm. You've got fantastic people, of course. But I okay. Zora Cat is joining us. Has something to say? <laughs> <laughs> I fed you already. Uh, but you know, I just. And Hamlet is a close second for me as yeah. a favorite play. Play, not film adaptation yet. We haven't got to those. We're just doing. But plays, I was gonna. And, and what I was gonna say, and I have seen pro, and I know I've seen more film adaptations of this, and that's actually higher up. Uh, Robert mentioned Kurosawa. There's a Kurosawa did a, a version of Hamlet called The Bad Sleep Well, which I have not seen, but I really want to just because, yeah, 
That sound that sounds like that could be so good. <laughs> Throne of Blood's Macbeth, right? It's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember liking yes, it quite a lot. The Scottish play, as we call it. Oh right. Sorry. Scottish play as we call it. Well, do you refer to that when you're not in the theater also? Well, I, I still, hmm, there's some theater people who get touchy about it. Okay. I always, you know, I always err on the safe side. That's, that's good to know. That's, that's the first time I've ever been told that. I mean, I mean, uh, that you don't (laughs) say it outside the theater. I was going to say, maybe you haven't been around as many theater nerds as I have. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i mean probably my theater not as parties many. my theater party days like where you just have a massive house full of <laughs> partying theater people and shakespeare comes up you don't you know it's a scottish play oh no <laughs> just yeah um but hamlet i i uh, have to say i do enjoy the uh, the Zeffirelli version, the 1991, although I, I'm not a, I don't, I'm not Mel Gibson. I didn't like Mel Gibson in that. I just, I felt he was miscast. Uh. Um, but I liked so many other things about it. And, and Zeffirelli, I, I overall like, uh, I mean, his, I like some of his, his other, um, his other film, uh, adaptations of Shakespeare. Actually, I love his um, version of Kiss Me, Kate. Not Kiss Me, Kate. I'm sorry. Taming of the Shrew. Ah. The one that has Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. That is... It's usually my... Although, I am I, much more likely to watch another adaptation of Taming of the Shrew. If I'm just popping ten... something on. Uh-huh. You're going to watch Ten Things I Hate About You? Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I agree. I, no, no, no. I... I... <laughs> I agree with you. I like that. I like that better, to tell you the truth. And I, it's Freudian slip. Kiss me, Kate. I, I enjoy that as well. Because uh, Shakespeare works so well as a musical, which is why, okay, my least favorite Shakespeare play. I mean, okay, I do not really like his histories. They kind of bore me. Oh, those can be tough. Those can be tough. <laughs> those can be I tough. I haven't, and admittedly, I have not read all of them. But I, yeah, they're just not my cup of tea. But um, as far as like just really my least favorite kind of Shakespeare, even though Robert doesn't ask us this, I, I think it kind of goes hand in hand with this. Is I really don't like Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I've, I've <laughs> I made knew it. no secret that I am not <laughs> into the mushy shit, but... I will say, as far as excellent film adaptations of Shakespeare, West Side Story. I mean, I mean, it it works so well, but that partly I think is imagining it as a musical, and the Robert Wise direction. Robert mm-hmm. Wise, who also directed The Haunting, um, and the Jerome Robbins choreography. Oh my God, that's so iconic. That's another one, actually. I did in theater too. Oh, really? By the way, yeah. I only ever did, of Shakespeare, I only ever did uh, Romeo and Juliet. And uh, Well, I, I mean, it's West Side Story, I did it. But I, um, I actually, well, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead is a twist on Hamlet. And I'm, I was in that, but... Um, 
I was Gertrude. And we, okay, and just a funny little thing. Do you watch Riverdale? I haven't, but for no particular reason. Okay, I just recently started watching it just as something to keep me company when, you know, when I work from home or do stuff around the house. And they want, there's one, whatever, bitchy rich girl whose father dies and her mother is there. And then her uncle comes up, comes back into the picture and then starts hooking up with her mother and she starts calling him Claudius and through every scene scene, and it's as serious as anything it's like it's his real name and you find you realize it's not his name but she's like oh Claudius over there oh Claudius (laughs) like I I have to say I do I, I love that and I love when little tv shows or films will throw these different allusions to Shakespeare around because I think he has such rich source material. Um, but okay, so I'm, I kind of ju- got distracted. Sorry. My favorite, probably Shakespeare film adaptation is Kurosawa's Ron, which is an adaptation of King Lear. And I enjoy King Lear as a play, but it's not my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I would say I like Ron better forget what yeah that was another thing that i saw in cloud that was when i first saw uh ron and uh throne of blood okay yeah yeah that's i haven't seen throne of blood either that's another one that's on my to watch list yeah it's uh well, I, I mean, it, it's hard not to like Kurosawa in one well, way or another. <laughs> I, right. I've seen plenty of his other films. It's just I haven't made it to those yet. They're on my considerably long list of <laughs> <laughs> to watch. <laughs> so, Darren, what's what's your favorite Shakespearean play? And film, adapt- film adaptation. Sorry, I can't speak. Uh, you know, it's definitely not romeo and juliet uh i i don't have anything really against it but um yeah probably my favorite play overall is also midsummer night's dream i'm sure part of that is rooted into i'm a big fan of the dead poet society movie from when i was younger and that plays a pinnacle role in that movie I forgot that that was in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But it's probably the one I've seen the most. And it's probably the one that, mm-hmm. you know, I can picture in my head. And I really, I'm really into mythology. Yeah. So that, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the Baz Luhrmann, Romeo plus Juliet as much as any performance of Romeo and Juliet. Um. For yeah, me. I kind of, I have, I, have, I, I agree with you on that. It's, I think, I don't love it. I do own it, I will say, but I, for me, what I love about it is the production design, mm-hmm. the costuming, the it, oh, the the sword guns. Yes. Yes. The editing in it, I really think, is something it has going for it. Um. But 
performance-wise, John Leguizamo. Oh, Tybalt? Yes. The oh best Tybalt God. I've seen. He I is, um, yes, I agree. I agree. He's so good. And even Paul Rudd is great as dorky whatever. Paris? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but it's really John Leguizamo. He's the only, he's the, he and the production design and costume design are the, ed, in editing, are the reason to see that in my opinion. Yeah, and the, kind the of guy that plays Mercutio is pretty good, I think, too. Yes, yeah. I mean, it has some good, really good talent in it. I mean, Paul Sorvino. Mm. Was he I mean, Mr. Capulet? Yeah. Okay. Um, Claire Danes. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, I at, like him sometimes. It depends on the role. At the time that the movie was made, he was probably in the top five of, oh, yeah, of course he has to play Romeo. Right, right. But I, I mean, again, I just, they were the weakest link. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In uh, that movie. It was, it, but to me, honestly, even this, even the stage play, the play, I mean, at its heart, the secondary characters are the interesting ones in that. Mm. I, I can, yeah. couldn't give two shits about Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> really couldn't. Well, they are more sympathetic in Tromeo and Juliet, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially Juliet, you know, she's got that creepy dad. Mm-hmm. She, she just wants to have hot lesbian sex with her, her maid and get some Romeo on the side. Lemmy's in it. Yeah. Uh, oh, come on. Even Romeo must die with Jet Li and Aaliyah's not, I mean, is good. Mm. Like, I mean, as far as like, I mean, it's a more interesting retelling. Are we getting ahead of ourselves, I feel? <laughs> we we might be, but I mean, we we're talking be. about our favorites and our adaptations. So the some of the questions might bleed together and who knows, I guess maybe, so. maybe he thought we would pick one, but we're doing more than that, my friend. Sorry. <laughs> I, although I suspect he, he had some inkling that this would happen. Yeah. You knew what you were doing. You knew what you were getting us into. Well then, okay. This this moves us on to question number two. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Segway. Um, <laughs> Segway. That was I had not intended. So number two, closely related to question one, are there any adaptations that surprised you? Did you go in thinking something was probably going to be terrible, but wasn't, or one highly regarded that you didn't like? And then he says. Boz Luhrmann's Romeo plus Juliet is overrated, but Hamlet 1990 with Mel Gibson considerably underrated. Much better than the more minimalist 1969 Hamlet with Marion Faithful as Ophelia. I, 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 yeah, well, I do agree with actually, but again, that the 90 version of Hamlet is better than the 69 version of it. Uh, but yeah, the only thing I don't, like about that 1990 version is uh mel gibson <laughs> i just <laughs> no i just don't feel he 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 i feel he was inappropriately cast he was too old for the part for one i don't like noticeably too old like noticeably too old i don't remember no because glenn close is plays gertrude his mother in it and it it doesn't yeah the it, it, there's like it, it, 
the age gap should be more. Or Hamlet should carry himself more as an angsty teenager. Yeah, he was the first emo. In- yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. He should carry himself much more as an angsty teenager. At, le- at least an angsty college kid. <laughs> you know, I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, we already kind of talked about Romeo plus Juliet. I don't know if there was one that. Oh, oh well, okay. I thought 10 Things I Hate About You was going to suck ass, to be honest. Agreed, but probably for different reasons than... <laughs> I... it, it looked like, uh, I mean, although this could be said about Shakespeare, it looked like a rom-com that I wouldn't care about. Agreed. No, it looked like a popcorn, teeny, bopper rom-com. Yeah. It's totally what it looked like. I didn't know In... who Julia Stiles was. Nobody gave right. a shit about Heath Ledger. Not you yet. <laughs> I think he was the Knight's Tale guy at this point. Yeah. Um, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, first first time off the set from Third Rock from the Sun. Exactly. There were a few other people in there that like ended up doing other stuff, but they're probably yeah, the, the, obviously the bigger. Joseph oh, oh, oh no, my God. On the deuce. Allison Janney. Can, hello. Oh, yeah. How am I forgetting She's Allison Janney? She's a principal or a guidance counselor, right? She's a guidance counselor. The, oh, my God. What's a 12-letter word for her? She's trying to, yeah. Her sex book? Or her sex crossword puzzles? Or, she, or, or yeah. erotic novels she yeah, was writing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love Allison like, Janney. Oh, yeah. That's a good Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the nerdy friend of Joseph Gordon-Levitt that was into William Shakespeare... Right. He's, he's the porn director on the deuce, right? Or is that the guy that looks like him? You are. No, it is him. David Crumholtz. Okay. Yeah, it is great. David Crumholtz. And that's the same guy that's in the slums of Beverly Hills. Yes. Okay. And in Adam's family values. Oh, right. That was like his first big role where he plays like Wednesday's kind of boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. The guy that dresses up like her dad at the end of the movie. And And has serial killer trading cards? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. We We went on a tangent. (laughs) We're off the rails. Um, We were close. We were were Shakespeare adjacent. Because we were only very recently talking about 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. No. And I have to ask. So did you ever see... you remember the show Moonlighting? Yeah, from the eighties. Or were you existed. too young? Or were you too young to really watch it? I mean, I was. When did that show end? I, I don't think I watched it. I was. I was too. Okay. Young. They did an episode that was Taming of the Shrew. That was actually really good. With so Sybil Shepherd, Bruce Willis, and then it had what's his name. Curtis, what's his name, that played Booger in Revenge of the Nerds or something? Oh, was yeah. Yeah, I think was he was. Curtis something or other. It's his Armstrong. Curtis Armstrong is yeah. his name. Anyway, it was actually pretty good. And I forget how I, I remember, like, because my mom watched that show. And I don't know. And I think I ended up deciding 
oh, I was going to watch that day because I had heard they were doing like a Shakespeare interpretation. Mm. And it was of Taming of the True. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. It, 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 you know, and they, and I have to say that Sybil Shepherd and Bruce Willis had the great kind of chemistry there that like Elizabeth Taylor and uh, Richard Burton had. You know, that's part mm -hmm. of why that version works so well is they, you know, same reason why their version of uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf works so well. They could just sit there and scream and fight. You know, and still have this great, like, sparks at the same time. Yeah. Elizabeth, yeah. Elizabeth Taylor's great. Back then. Well, I don't know what she's doing now. I don't want to say. <laughs> she's dead now. Well, we still don't know what she's doing. <laughs> Valid point, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, um, so is there anything else you have to say about, is there something that surprised you or surprised me? No, cause I, I, I try not to have that. Well, okay. Not one that anyone else that's listening to this probably would have ever seen, but we've got a Shakespeare in the park here in Columbus and there was a... 1980s that usually they do them straight up but every once in a while they do an experimental play and they did a 1980s adaptation of uh much ado about nothing okay which okay. i generally don't care a whole lot about that play really um, I, I mean i like that play i really like that play yeah i i don't have anything against it but okay, uh, it, it it never really blew my skirt up. Mm -hmm. Um, if that that's the one I'm thinking of, the love triangle between like Beatrice and mm -hmm. okay, yeah, it's one that Amanda really likes. But yeah. I'm just kind of like, eh, okay, cool. Yeah. But the yeah, the 1980s thing was kind of neat. I guess that surprised me. But otherwise, I try not to go into any sort of shakespearean adaptation with expectations uh, i was surprised when i found out that forbidden planet was based on the tempest which the tempest is one of my favorite ones also and funny you should mention that i was going to bring that up but anyway yeah. um i'm gonna I'm, I'm not there yet no you're not there yet or okay no, you're we're, following the chronology i am we're gonna I'll, okay. i'm gonna mention that later Okay, well, that, that surprised me, but I'm not sure if that's in the way in which the question was asked. Okay. Does so that... is there one that was highly re regarded that you didn't like? Uh, no. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think I ever watched the Mel Gibson Hamlet, but a lot of people like that one. So I don't know if not giving at the time of day counts the same. <laughs> I, I do think it's worth your time because I, Mel Gibson aside, okay, Glenn Close as Gertrude, you have 
Helena Bonham Carter as Ophelia. I mean, I'm sorry, but oh, okay. she was born to play that role. Yeah. I, <laughs> Let's I, face I, it. <laughs> Let's face it. And that was perfect time in like her career. Like, you know, she was still that kind of ingenue. Um, I mean, she's always been and always will be that crazy lady, but yeah. 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 yeah I like her a lot. So I'll get to it eventually. Yeah. What about you? Did you say? Did you answer? Um, I've already, I guess I've already talked some about something was going to be terrible. It wasn't, but uh, highly regarded that I don't like. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't think of anything necessarily that falls into that category. There's some that I have just said, yeah, okay, I'm not in a rush to go see that for whatever reason, but not because I was like, Oh no, I'm going to hate that. No, no, no. You know, no, I just be yeah. just because I'm like, okay, it's not my favorite play or I'm like, eh, whatever. <laughs> it's just ambivalence. It's, it's still fucking Shakespeare as they say. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> but, um, Okay, well, let's take a short break, and when we return, we will finish the questions. All right. Okay. Washington Heights dream. Treat the kid to a midsummer's night dream. If she fights when her clothes you are mussing, what a clothes much you do about nothing. If she says your behavior is heinous, kick her right in the Coriolanus. Brush up your Shakespeare and they'll all Officially a Scream Queen. Come play with the rest of us at www.screamqueens.com. That's Queens with a Z. Or you could subscribe to us on iTunes. Either way, it's gonna be fucking fabulous. The Scream Queens Horror Podcast. It's where horror gets bent.
Pink style. And they'll all kowtow. I trow. And they'll all kowtow. I'm watching. Gentlemen, thou art divine. And... I'm not sure what you heard. You possibly just heard a promo for another podcast or some badass minstrel music. (laughs) (laughs) A lute. There was possibly a lute involved. Is that a thing? Yes, that is a thing. Not just in a crossword. (laughs) It applies to Shakespearean times, though. Yeah. I believe, yeah. So, question number three, or the next question, however you'd like to refer <laughs> Robert's to email. Yes. It has become much more common to see Shakespearean films adapted into modern setting. Do you have a preference over modern day adaptations or period pieces? And what are your thoughts on the various modern adaptations? Many years ago, I tried watching Hamlet 2000 on it with Ethan Hawke and just had to turn it off. I remember being really irked by it and felt it was wrong. I don't remember much actually about it except for a shot of Hawke and Murray walking and talking. And I probably ought to revisit it, but it remains a good example of how I erroneously thought modern day settings couldn't be good. Later, I would discover many great modern-day adaptations that I really enjoy. Richard III, 1995, with Ian McKellen. Coriolanus. I always... Yes, Coriolanus. Easier to read than to say. With Ray Fiennes. That's 2011. Or even Joss Whedon's 2012 Much Ado About Nothing. So, do you have a preference over modern-day adaptations or period pieces? Okay, this is um, partly coming from the place of me being a costumer and my history of uh, doing costume on stage. Okay. And I think that plays, certain plays, it particularly ancient plays this i mean not that shakespeare is ancient but it is hundreds of years old at this point i think there's a lot of value to be had in i mean if it's because certain stories are just timeless and come on let's face it shakespeare ripped off all of his plays except four it's a well-known fact (laughs) there are no he no they teach you that even in english class yeah yeah that there were only four plays that that of his that are truly original ideas like from beginning to end he pulled from all these different previous works and all these things like the story of romeo and juliet had been told previously so many other times however it's still obviously i guess timeless enough of a story as much as i hate that shit but <laughs> no Disney i'm kidding princess shit but I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding on one hand. But when we were talking about, like, even adaptations of how that can be good, like that is text that I do not particularly in plot that I'm not even necessarily like. I don't really necessarily like that. But 
by moving it into these other modern settings, you are pointing out how timeless the story is, and it benefits from that, actually, sometimes. But, on the other hand, I am a sucker for period pieces. I, I Sometimes, though, it can be overdone. I, really. But I appreciate and do enjoy a good period piece. You know, it, it, not just the the costuming <laughs> not just all the tech stuff but i feel that there is something to be said about being transported in a way to the time period that the source material that was written mm-hmm. there's there is certainly something to be said about that but um Probably when you know when I was talking about my favorites as as far as Shakespearean adaptations, you can see I prefer much more modern in adaptations. You know, but I agree that Richard the Third is really good. I mean, it was made in 1995, but it was set in the 1930s, mm-hmm. and so it wasn't it wasn't contemporary. But it was modern day, and it had a, and it worked so well in that context of the 1930s. I mean, in addition to, it's just fantastic because of Sir Ian McKellen. I mean, come on. Right. But, I mean, Annette Benning is great in it too, but he's just, you know, amazing. But, um, and I haven't seen that version of Hamlet that he mentioned. The Ethan Hawke one? No, I haven't. That one, I well, I'll, I'll have to do a comparison, but that one I thought was all right. But here's where I was going to bring up Forbidden Planet. Okay. You have, this is why you, you can, you don't have to stick to this 100% to this setting that where Shakespeare wrote this work. You don't have to you know, stay in Stratford-on-Avon and, you know, in his time. And and you can go to with The Tempest, which is already supposed to take place on, like, a magical island of sorts. Yeah. So it perfectly makes sense that you make it Forbidden Planet and you make it another planet entirely. Because it is otherworldly, even though, yes, in the original text, and the original way it was set, it was something on Earth. So, but I think that's a fantastic... It, again, it points out how timeless Shakespeare's texts are. Yeah, so, or, or whoever. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Christopher Marlowe. Um, <laughs> sorry, did I say that? <laughs> <clears throat> Marlo. Mar- Marlo. Yeah. But <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying is that there are there are definitely pros and cons to both a modern adaptation and period pieces, at least for me. But I probably I don't know. Like even talking about Ron, and there's look at how many look at how many times Kurosawa adapted Shakespeare works. And he said it in these other not only time periods, he said it in these other countries across the world. 
He said it in Japan. Yeah. And it's brilliant. Yeah. I, I cannot add to that. Okay. <laughs> we're we're right. going to be doing some Kurosawa before too long, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know we've well, talked think, about it. We've probably got it on the calendar. Um, I actually think I have it on the list somewhere. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I, I think that's one of the things that I dug about the Baz Luhrmann Romeo plus Juliet was mm-hmm. the the super slick modern surfer look, but they yeah. talk they they use the old speech. Um, right. Sometimes I like the the good mix up. I don't necessarily have. Uh, and you had the very modern soundtrack in that, which come on, that had a kick ass soundtrack. Yeah. Even if you don't like the movie, that was a great '90s soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a good soundtrack. Um, but I, I do like where they just go off. Where it's like, oh, I didn't even know. But when you say that it's an adaptation of blank, I totally get it. I I don't know how many times I watched Rome, uh, Tromeo and Juliet when I was in my 20s. Yeah. You know, uh, that was... <laughs> I don't like a whole lot of trauma movies, but it's one of my mm-hmm. favorites. Yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I have to say, definitely. I, I think I wrote, I wrote a paper in college on uh, that. I forget. Mm-hmm. I forget how. Uh, what else it was on? But anyway, right. Uh, well, and one more thing I will add. Be sorry to interrupt. No, this is a this is a group conversation. Um, one more thing to add, I guess is that one thing I like to see, actually, a lot of times not just playing with the time periods, is when you see, um, on, I've seen it more on stage, actually, though more on fil- more than on film, but it, there, there are a few uh, film adaptations out there that do it. I like to see where they switch the gender up of the characters. Like, for instance, there was a version of The Tempest a few years ago, and instead of Prospero, it was Prospera, and they did that so they can cast Helen Mirren in that role. Ooh, and I love her. It, I, oh, I know. She's phenomenal, which, yes, she will be covered at some point in this movie, <laughs> in, in this show, I'm sure. But um, that... It just, you know, it can add a different dynamic because there's, which that also goes for adding, you know, putting Shakespeare works in different time periods and in different countries, you know, settings like that. There, because the text has so much there that can just be played with. And like I said, these are mostly not original stories, (laughs) (laughs) you know, obviously they can be reworked and they can work in different ways. And what Shakespeare, whoever you believe Shakespeare to be, is knew how to play with that, like what to pick and choose 
and what to put out there. And the language to, you know, that's really a lot of what it comes down to as well. And he wrote all those fucking sonnets. See, and for me, (laughs) I fucking love the sonnets. I could go either way sometimes. Uh, I had to spend a couple weeks dissecting one. I think it was the woman in black or the black haired Mm -hmm. woman or something like that. But after that, I was like, man, fuck the sonnets. (laughs) I I've warmed to them again, but you know how it is when you just get fried on something, you're like, okay, I finally hate you. I I never thought I could, but no, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I get it. No, not my favorite poetry to read, but I still, I do enjoy it. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Anything else to add before we move on? No, I think I touched on more of that when we were talking about favorites. Okay. 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 So question number four directed to you. Okay. Darren, what did you think and rate King Lear 2018? I thought it was okay. Emma Thompson gave a great performance, as always, but can easily say that Anthony Hopkins certainly acted the fuck out of that role and was the real scene stealer in an overall average in, in an overall average staging. Personally, I can't wait to get to a recent audio drama version by the company Big Finish with David Warner as King Lear. I've never been a huge fan of Lear but dying to see how Warner competes with Hopkins and McKellen. So Darren. Yes. I say, yeah, uh, I would say, yeah, it, well, what for one, Anthony Hopkins is almost always a scene stealer. Well, he was in silence of the lambs for what? 12 minutes. And yeah. He, he got best, got actor, an Oscar, best yeah. supporting actor or something like that. No, he got a best actor. Oscar. Best actor. Okay. And yeah, McKellen's King Lear is my favorite King Lear. As we said, it's, uh, I think we both kind of said that it's, you know. Because McKellen can act the fuck out of anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sir Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. Um, I think that the trailer looked really fucking good. And I totally had been planning on checking it out, but different things here and there uh i am recently acclimating to juggling three podcasts so sometimes that and and guest spots to promote all of them and that sometimes dictates my film intake and then i was sick it sounds like it's not excuses they're reasons but i have not seen it i hope i like it vanessa well I actually watched half of it last night. Uh, I was going to watch the entire thing because, Darren, I thought you had seen it, so I felt like I had to catch up. <laughs> and so that's why I was trying to cram last night before we recorded. I, I and think, yeah, I'm sorry if I misled anybody. I was just excited about it. Well, anyways, so I wa- ended up watching only half of it because my coughing with my cold got so bad, and even with subtitles... You know, which I had to turn on just because, you know, sometimes like with Shakespeare, they get really, really quiet and then they get really, really loud, you know, and 
that's just how it's written. <laughs> it's meant to be done that way. And I, I was enjoying it. I, I, I mean, but again, I couldn't concentrate because I was coughing so much. What I got out of it was Hopkins was kind of chewing scenery to some extent. Oh, okay. I, I mean, but again, it may have just been part of what I saw. And, but Emma Thompson, phenomenal. Just, but she always is. She always is. Well, right. And like, much ado about nothing. I love the version that she, the, the Brownell version that she did. That's part of why I enjoy that movie so much is her. Hmm. Okay. That movie, by the way, I recommend, except Keanu Reeves. Oh my God, no. He's just, he's, he's, he's the worst part of that. There are some roles accent he was is, not born to play. His accent is so bad. But Michael Keaton is great in it. Okay. And Denzel Washington, I mean. But I have to say, when we're going back to these like favorite Shakespeare type things, I started noticing a trend in ones that I really like. Versions of Shakespeare films. There are a number of them directed by Kenneth Branagh that I <laughs> really, really like. That I think are great interpretations. Some that he's in, some that he's not. But so, like with him, same with Zeffirelli. You know, and so I saw these, you know, these little things where I was like, okay, that definitely makes a difference. So seeing this version of King Lear, this 2018, I agree with, I mean, so far of what I've seen and what I was able to concentrate on. I agree with Robert in what he said is it's kind of average staging. Yeah. I mean, it's somewhat what it seemed, but I would, I would like to still like to go back when I'm feeling better and watch it from the beginning to end. And before I, you know, completely dismiss it because okay. it wasn't terrible. It was just that I was kind of like, Oh, I, kind of wanted this to be more <laughs> exciting <laughs> i wanted more out of this <laughs> it was you know that was a little disappointing sometimes yeah <clears throat> sometimes that's how it goes man um so question five i believe yes unless you had something yes. else to add no i did not all right, and here, here we are at the final question of the night. Have you ever listened to the audio adaptations by Archangel Shakespeare? I prefer to watch these films with the subtitles on, but the audio drama versions by Archangel are simply amazing. I haven't listened to all of them, but the ones I have heard were just fantastic. I think that's it for now, but I look towards hearing how you two feel on Shakespeare in-depth as trying to figure out engaging questions for both of you has been extremely difficult well thank you very much robert i thank hope you we robert. Had as much difficulty coming up with answers as you had coming up with the questions right a fair share of the work hopefully but i don't know thank you thank you very much for readily filling our mailbag and uh sorry that it's taken us this long 
to get to this, but that's how schedules work sometimes. I have not listened to- To answer question number five. (laughs) Yeah, I have not listened to the audio adaptations by Archangel Shakespeare. Sorry, neither have I. Oh, you got the cops (laughs) coming? Yeah. God damn it. (laughs) I mean, we we may just have to embrace it. I know, Because you could be in the middle of saying something, and you can't mute yourself if that's happening. I know. We know you live in New York. We know that police exist. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm fortunate that I have built my semi fortress of solitude, fortress of solitude <laughs> bomb shelter over here. Uh, yeah. And I still get noise on occasion. But um, did you say that you had not seen, you had not listened to them either? No, I had not. So. We didn't want to skip that question, <laughs> although it is probably less interesting of an answer than we had for number four. Right. Well. <laughs> and much less lengthy than we had for questions one and two. One. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um. And actually, Robert sent us after that another email with... It, uh, oh, yeah. Some comment okay. with a question. Do we have time for that now, or do we want to save that? I'm not for sure. He sent it to us on Christmas. He sent it to us on Christmas. We may need to say it looks very long. So, it's a longer email, but there's only one question. Okay, well let's let's do the question. What's the question? But I feel like we should read the, it's 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 kind of funny. Some of it. Okay, go ahead and read it. Because I, okay, actually there are technically two questions I realized. There are two there are like three paragraphs that get to one question for you specifically. And then there's a second thing that is an actual just question. <laughs> but I think that do you think we have time or uh we are i just feel bad because we i don't i don't feel like i feel like we hold on to these too long sometimes sure yeah go for it okay okay so i'll read this first half and then you uh do the second piece okay dear vanessa and darren thank you that's all caps by the way (laughs) thank you for the commentary it's always nice to have an excuse to pull out a women in prison movie and hearing Vanessa perv all over it, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> makes it all the better as it's justifica- justification for when I do. Pam's dot 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 voluptuous bosom. Mm, who could disagree? Hell, how can Sid not fondle those things first chance he can? And if Vanessa can't restrain herself over this, why should I? <laughs> sure. Right on. I haven't watched too many women in prison movies, prison films, but I love seeing all the tropes of shower scenes, badass women, and mild lesbians. The Big Doll House is such a great is such a great film, and I was thoroughly enjoyed by many points of, the, of discussion in the commentary. The opening point by Vanessa about loving these kind of films, but being for prison reform in real life, is pretty similar to me. I adore Japanese sexploitation films slash pinky violence, although I acknowledge how problematic they can be when we get into the violence against women and rape. 
Both genres can be difficult to watch, but always draw me back. I agree with that, too. Um, no matter what, that was me as an aside. <laughs> no matter what happens, these tougher than nails women are always deeply arousing to watch. I love these characters that can be hot as hell, but fuck you up at the drop of a hat and take none of your shit. No matter what terrible things happen, the act of watching these particular women can, al can always be somewhat satisfying. I agree with that. Again, that's, <laughs> that's an aside by me. I've watched nearly... This is Sam again. I've watched nearly 20 films for the first time this year. That This was, again, written in 2018. For the first time this year alone. God damn it. Jesus. I feel like I've lagged on my film watching. <laughs> if you just watched that, that many of that kind. Anyway. I've watched nearly 20 films for the first time this year alone that dealt with delinquent women raising hell and wish it was more. Something else, Vanessa... <laughs> Sorry, I forgot about this. Something else Vanessa brought up was hair. And this is something I admit I always overlook. Darren, before this commentary, how aware are you of hair in film? You mentioned the presence of fancy hair later in the cafeteria. But I'm curious, as a dude, do you usually notice inappropriately nice hairstyles on women? I miss it all the time. The humidity in the jungle is a great factor, but I just don't consider it would never bother be bothered by until a woman points it out. It makes perfect sense whenever it's pointed out, but also doesn't matter the slightest because it's a movie. Yeah, I know that, Robert, but God damn it. <laughs> anyway, I think the first time I even noticed hair that was too styled on my own was only a couple years ago during a TV series on DirecTV. It was a bit of a joke, but I'm truly curious to hear if you like are likewise clueless about this type of thing. So, Darren, do you notice hair? Like, he said on women, but I say hairstyles in general. I think I do notice hairstyles in general. Uh, it, sometimes it's more blaring or more obvious, especially when you're dealing with a low-budget movie and all, all of a sudden something looks like well, that was half the day's budget. Right. Um, I I don't know if it's expected. As a person with a mohawk, uh, you know, I am often asked about hair. So possibly that is it. Um, I I don't know. I, I grew up in a house full of women. I don't know if that affected my noticing of hair. Uh, I've generally noticed as... as my life has gone on that not noticing that a woman you're with has gotten a cool new haircut could at least possibly <laughs> lead to hurt feelings if, if nothing else. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I think just sometimes things jump out a lot easier than others, but I don't go into a movie with a checklist of I've got to see the hair. <laughs> well, okay, I have to defend myself in a way. This is not because, or explain myself. This is not because I'm a woman. Because I really always go get the same fucking haircut. I don't use any product in my hair. I don't, I refuse to blow dry my hair. I, half the time, I don't even brush my hair before I walk out the door. It's just <laughs> straight and just hangs there. Whatever. But... What you, I do dye my hair all kinds of crazy colors, 
And I do get asked a lot about that. Mm-hmm. But the real reason I notice hair in film is it's the costumer in me. Oh, yeah. And the, the theater background in me is I have had to work on people's hair and makeup before. So I'm looking at from a, a tech point of view. It's got to be the same every day. <laughs> right. But I'm just like, I'm sitting there thinking like, no, logistically, like, okay, the time and effort that goes into it. Oh, my God. Like, whatever. And and also, maybe this is a stereotypical lesbian thing where I'm like, what woman wants to spend that kind of fucking time on her hair every day? Like, I don't get the. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, just, um... I, I have the quote unquote guy attitude. I mean, like, you know, what we expect a stereotypical. But you probably, as someone with a mohawk, well, probably spend more time on your hair on average like every day than I do. Possibly I probably spend more time than you do but not more than other people. Um I've got a hat for when I don't have time to do my hair. Okay. I've got a couple hats. Um I don't blow my I don't blow dry my hair. The only reason why I have a hair dryer is because I've got this fast drying basically mohawk gel that if I put a hair dryer on it, it's done faster. So it usually takes me like two minutes at the most to do my hawk up. And if I don't fuck it up real bad, it's good for a couple days. So it takes a lot less time than it seems like a lot of people spend on their hair to make their hair look normal. Uh, yeah. Everybody, every partner I've had, uh, I've been very happy, very lucky that since junior high, I've never really dated the cheerleader type or whatever. Uh, you know, I've, I love my ladies who can just throw a rubber band in their hair and they're good to go. <laughs> um, my buddy who's got hair that looks pretty normal, but it takes him like an hour to do. It, it made more sense that he ended up with with a girlfriend that was into ma- or now a wife that is more into makeup and stuff. But yeah, I <laughs> no see it, now that's people just think it takes a lot of time to look this good, but no, if on it average, did, I wouldn't like, do it. <laughs> yeah, no, and on average, like for me to go out the door to work, like I don't care. I mean, like I just do a quick foundation of makeup. Mm-hmm. Just to, it's partly also SPF, but it covers my, you know, just even skin tone. But if it's, I'm just going to even see friends on the weekend, just hang around, do nothing. Oh, I'll do makeup. <laughs> like I'll do, no, I do. Cause I get like, but again, it's the theater person in me. Yeah. I sit there and get really of elaborate. The lighting of the situation. Yeah, no, absolutely. Are you kidding? When I put on, I'll wear four kinds of eyeliner at one time. What do you think of guy liner? It can work, <laughs> but it depends on the person and the occasion. Yeah. I don't think I could pull it off. Just like, I can't really pull off facial hair. I, I look odd with facial yeah. hair and it takes me a long time. I have less than I thought I did after I, before I did that 23 and me thing, but mm-hmm. I think my mom's native American past yeah. is really put a dent in my facial hair growing game and <laughs> my dad's Scottish heavy Scottish blood has. Yeah. Give me the hairy chest, mm. but I can't grow a fucking beard to save my life. 
How did we get there? Um, we were talking about hair. Long, fabulous hair. hair. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we were going to go there. Okay. Anyway, no, I just thought I okay. okay. Let's so that I just I just thought you would appreciate. Okay. Okay, Darren, you notice hair. Okay. Now let's go to the I'll let you read the remainder of the email, but All right. Uh, now for a monthly question, it's going to be a softball too. What was your favorite first time read of 2018? For me, out by Natsuo Carino. I'm sure I'm probably not saying the last name right. Uh, Carino? I don't know. Was a great crime novel from Japan about a young mother who kills her abusive cheating husband and what unfolds when she and her work associates try to cover it up. Goodbye, Earl. Um, well, The Good Son by... You could... I'm sorry. I had, I, had, I was drinking tea. Uh-huh. And I had muted the mic, and you said that, and I started laughing, and I almost spit. I almost spit <laughs> almost tea out my nose. Take. I'm sorry. I almost spit tea out <laughs> my nose. Thanks. <laughs> it's the new neti pot. Um, peppermint. Peppermint with fireball sh- chaser. That would really clean out the sinuses. God damn. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. All right. No, that's. A, uh, I'm sorry for being so hilarious. From, <laughs> from South Korea was a fascinating murder mystery where we know who, but slowly learned throughout why. I also really liked listening to the audiobook for The Shape of Water, which greatly expanded the film and a massive history on Japanese sexploitation films called Behind the Pink Curtain. That <laughs> book is a godly resource that I absolutely adore. I hope you had a decent year and will have a good 2019 robert thank you robert again thank I you think i said that at the beginning um you go first Did you, first reads okay um and it, it, behind the pink curtain that is on my to read list actually by the way um that's one of my to read list so i will give you credit for this because you brought this to the table Cool. Um, my friend Dahmer. Nice. I think that was my, and and granted, I didn't read as many books in 2018 as I had wanted, but I think that might have been my favorite. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm. And then yeah. I re. I mean, I really did enjoy. It can't happen here as well. True. Yeah. But, yeah, My Friend Dahmer definitely, I think, was my favorite first time read it. 2018. What about you? Ooh. Um, I think it might have actually been It Can't Happen Here. I know I didn't talk about it that much at the beginning. I was a lot, well, you know, I wasn't uncomfortable, but that was... Your first episode, you were nervous. Yeah, that was my first episode. I was very Aww. yeah. <laughs> I I I haven't read a whole lot more than I've read for the show. Uh, it, 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 at the very least, I haven't read anything. 
most of the other, most of the other stuff that I've read for the first time this year have been shit like that Dark Money book that right. just killed my time. Or and you probably killed part of your soul. Yeah, it, which I I'm happy to have that information. But my favorite new read of 2018 was probably Can't Happen Here. I was sort of putting it off because everybody read it right after the election. Right. And I just wanted to sort of get the grips on things that were going on here before I went back into all the warning signs that everybody ignored. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I did enjoy The Haunting, though. I I had seen the movie, but I, I had yeah. never done the reading for that before. But I, I mm-hmm. think... It was probably it can't it can't happen here. By yeah. was that Sinclair Lewis? Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um hey, if you out there listening have a favorite read of 2018 or you just want to talk about books or whatever, you know, we've got the Facebook group, the VD Clinic Podcast. We've got VD Clinic Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter. And, um, yeah, uh, yeah. you can always send us us an email with, uh, like Robert did at vdclinicpod at gmail.com. Yeah. Give us some more questions or yeah. Like, like Darren said, uh, tell us what was your, your favorite, you know, first time read of 2018. Yeah. Yeah. You think there would be a good movie, short story slash short novel combination yeah get at us i'm i'm sure we we've got a lot of interest so i'm sure we can okay can i stuff. i'm i'm sorry to interrupt but i just realized i had forgotten that this last email that around about the uh commentary that robert sent us mm-hmm. the subject line was quote unquote those eyebrows are up to no good <laughs> which one of us said that was you i think that was you <laughs> probably that sounds that sounds like something i would say when i'm stoned and drinking <laughs> well those eyebrows were up to no good so it was honest yeah, i mean they, really but they, they weren't but I, it's yeah <laughs> I'm I, cobra, I, cobra commander i know <laughs> cobra commander <laughs> Yes, and don't the hot naked lesbian prisoners. <laughs> you do that way too well. I <laughs> uh, yeah, and I was just going to say, don't worry. In the future, there will be more uh, women in prison movies. Oh yeah, I, I'm. Robert's probably seen more women in prison movies than I have, and <laughs> or maybe uh, or maybe I'll bring in some pinky violence. Hey, so there we go. Who knows? So. We got more coming up. Uh, let's see. Coming up next will be our big episode of January. Yeah, the big January, the the traditional ep- or whatever the we our proper episode. The proper <laughs> the the film related episode of Jawbreaker and Heather's. What are yeah what are popular. I don't know. Girls Did we give it a or... popular we, we girls of some sort? We haven't given it a real name yet. Yes. So, yes, we're doing uh, just a double feature of film. And then, um, yeah, February. 
we'll be delving back into uh, some heavy material. Is that is that the Joyce Carol Oates day? No. Or, no. Oh. What is that? Is that, oh right. Oh yes. Okay. <laughs> we'll we'll uh, talk about that uh, more before. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in the January proper episode. Yeah, after yeah, after we do that. But anyway, anyway. Okay, so on that, you have anything else to say, Darren? No, uh, thanks. Thanks for listening, Robert. Thanks for writing. Yes, thank you as always for writing and uh, from, yes, from some difficult questions, <laughs> interesting questions. Yeah, I hope I hope we answered to your satisfaction. If we skipped over something, I'm sure we'll hear, we'll uh, we'll hear from you. Now I want to go back and wa- rewatch uh, Forbidden Planet. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> I think the Misfits yes. have a song, but I don't know if it's the Misfits that everybody likes. <laughs> okay. On that note, (laughs) say goodbye, Darren. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the VD Clinic. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us at Twitter at VD Clinic Pod or reach us via email at VDClinicPod at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook group, VD Clinic Podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback, suggestions, and more.